Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All those tries in the first. Oh, 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 try time. The final whistle taken on by Fisher. Wilson, Burrell, North. Yes, oh, George. Easy. Yes, easy. George. <laughs> Get him off now. He doesn't need to be playing at Kingston Park. Uh, as you can hear, we're we're just before, we're just we're just about to listen. Well, we're just about to record the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. This is the podcast. Um, but we're also watching the final few minutes of Newcastle Northampton and George North is just running the bonus point try. We'll keep our eyes on that at the end of that game boys but we're going to have to get on with some business because there's so much to talk about in terms of rugby so eyes down hands in on 3 pod 1 2 3 pod, pod. genuinely don't know where to start with this week's podcast. I'll just start by saying who we are and what we are. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. We don't take ourselves or the game too seriously. We just love rugby. I'm Tim. He's JB. Good afternoon, Tim. He is Phil. Hi, Tim. JB's brought along his Welsh brethren just to bump up the numbers and make it 50% split. And also, I think this has got something to do with the fact that some people are questioning whether you were really Welsh on Twitter this last week. <laughs> well, I'm really North Walian. I don't really care much for the South Walians. Anyway, Ped is <laughs> hanging around in the studio today. Hello. So you are, you are you are completely Welsh. He's... My dad is English. He comes from Stoke-on-Trent. But I was born in Wales, brought up in Wales, and you know lived all my life in Wales. You did at one well, stage, quite recently, discuss renouncing your Welshness. I did, I did. And this came because I went home and I pulled into the McDonald's and I asked for um, burger and chips or whatever it was. And then he said, <laughs> what is this? Uh, do you want a bag with that? I said, yeah, please. Uh, you know, I'd like a bag. Uh, that's two pence Welsh law. And I thought, until Wales gets their politics so- sorted out uh, and the house in order, I want no more to do with it. So five tin pence. pot. Is it 5p? Is it five pence? It's so tin pot. I mean, what is the what is the point? So I thought, you know, until they've got it all sorted, I'm not interested. <laughs> uh, but well, let's go from Wales to north of the border. <laughs> <laughs> there was a big vote this last week, wasn't there? And that's just politics, nothing to do with rugby. Uh, but with Scotland deciding to stay with the Union and uh, stick with England, Wales and Northern Ireland. Got a little bit of a question in a, a rugby-related way. Would it make the blindest bit of difference to the British and Irish Lions had Scotland voted to make themselves separate? Well, firstly, what would have happened? Do you reckon they probably would have kept it together, wouldn't they, in the way that they keep Ireland, Northern yeah. and Southern you know Ireland together? I think the selectors would have been so relieved. It's like, yes, we don't have to take a token Scotsman. <laughs> I think it just would actually, you know, it relieved the pressure. Well, the, the last two tours, there's been three Scots selected in the initial squad and one from each of those tours, in Nathan Hines and Sean Maitland, was not even Scottish. They were Australian yes. and New Zealander. But if we were with selectors and we were picking the Lions squad today, right now, this moment, would anyone get in? You might have... Oh, no, you wouldn't even have Hogg at fullback because Halfpenny's injured. You'd have Carney and Mike Brown. <laughs> Damn right you would. Uh, or Foden. Any, any of the or front Foden, row, yeah. would any of the front rowers the props make it into the Grant, squad Gr- oh Grant are you and Mo- of, no, no, no 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 not you and Murray Grant of, of Glasgow is, is a good yeah. good loose head got Tyrannosaurus out. Rex arms though hasn't he <laughs> the answer is no no the squad did have he, a few players player. three four players maybe he wouldn't get into, they into get the into starting 15. team I can't think of anyone so anyway I, I guess what we're saying is in terms of rugby is it's irrelevant yeah take it more vote. seriously please <laughs> so uh yeah, there we go. That's a bit this as close to politics as we're going to get on this podcast. I can guarantee you that. Uh, another massive weekend of rugby. So let's start with our picks of the week. Uh, what did you spot, JB, that you would like to flag up as being your little pick of the week? Well, I really enjoyed the Exeter-Gloucester game. It just went back and forth. It, it's, it's reaffirmed. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I feel like I need to play it. You just said something that's made me want to play a little clip. Back. Back and forth and forth. <laughs> oh, wow. I did so not you, see that coming. You keep your pick of the week um, going over Wu-Tang Clan's brilliant gravel pit, JB. Do I have to? <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so, it was good because um, 
Exeter started strong, and then they got someone. Uh, did they get someone y- yellow carded? They did. Yes, uh, yes, which, of course they did. Because uh, Charlie Sharples was cheating, and um, <laughs> so then what by wearing ridiculously long cycling shorts again, uh, same as Johnny May. Unbelievable. <laughs> what is it? Is it is it contractual that it, they they have to have cycling shorts from the nineteen eighties? Yeah, they must have a you know they must have like a retro kit sponsor or something. Um, but it went back and forth, so. Back, Ex- back, um, back and forth and forth. <laughs> this is really difficult. Please turn that music off. Oh, 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 oh. Goodness me. <laughs> Thank God. So, Gloucester started strong. They had uh, an incredible driving mall. Um, I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, then the... Um, Right. This Are we going to go through every phase of playing the whole <laughs> right. game? This, this is going to be a summary. It was very, very good. It showed me that Gloucester had built their team the wrong way. I didn't even notice James Hawk. In fact, I kind of think they should move James Hawk out of 10 now because he looks completely ineffective and have his creative skills a little bit further away. Uh, maybe 12, maybe 15. Exeter are built exactly the right way. You know, youth, Sam Hill looks like a beast. Um, yeah, him and Slade in the centre look good. It kind, of, it kind of shows through that Gloucester are basically, you know, a bunch of individuals and they're not, doing, and, and they're not really doing much, whereas Exeter are, uh, are built from the ground up and they just look fantastic. And, and, they've, think... and they've signed two, in inverted commas, I'm using the inverted commas, world-class front row players and they still get pumped in the scrums. Yeah, I mean, by uh, by a youngster, that guy for Exeter Chiefs, signed, signed from London Scottish. I think there is something in Gloucester to look forward to. I just think it's going to be a little while yet before we see it. Yeah. Did you see the piece on John Afoa and Richard Hibbard that, that was on um, BT Sport before the match? It was a lot of awkward laughing in that piece, but I enjoyed With it. With David Flatman? Yes, that's the one. R- ribbing. Well, firstly, good on you, Flats, for ribbing Richard Hibbard for the dive. Yes, well done. <laughs> well done for expo- you know making sure he had to apologise for that, and he was he took it in good humour. But also just just Richard Hibbard, what the hell was that hat you were wearing? That was <laughs> that was shocking stash. Aren't bad hats all the rage in Gloucester now after Laurie Fisher joined? Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right, Phil. Your pi- uh, well, no, actually, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do yeah, my pick do of the week first. I was stuck. No, that's the wrong word. <laughs> stuck. I, I was working at Sale London Welsh. There's nothing to be a pick of the week out of that match believe me <laughs> uh, no my pick of the week would be London Irish who well it's both good and bad good it was a real good reaction and, and they've shown a bit of form that they had the potential to do and a couple of young guys Scott Steele the scrum half Alex Lewington mm. um, who they signed last year from Nottingham via the Leicester Tigers Academy however got out undone by a last minute Saracens try again as JB refers to him the Borg the Borg Cyborg the, the Cyborgs of uh, Saracens just managed to eke out a win. They didn't deserve it. London Irish played really well. It must be gutting for London Irish to be in that position, to, to be they, winning. They've done it a few times, though, London Irish. This isn't the first time that they've let a go um, a late well, lead. Well, they beat Saracens at Saracens last year. They, they, I think they quite fancy themselves against that team. And they had a really good... Uh, what was really good was the tactical now. So what they were doing was the... We talked about it recently. The rugby league style, just little dinks over the top. Yeah. That that seems to be one way you beat that break defense. up Saracens quick blanket line defence is the little nudge and they got a couple of tries from exactly that apparently the young fly half had a very good game Noakes Noakes well. the new signing from uh, came from New Zealand yeah mm. uh, Phil your pick of the week uh, it's the big one Bath Leicester that wow. was we all thought would be an incredibly tight game before the match then immediately before the match Leicester lost both Anthony Allen and Tuolagi Do in, in the warm up uh, did they run into each other no details have been given. Uh, it, it was injuries before kickoff, so they were threadbare. But that doesn't excuse the way that their pack got destroyed. So the biggest losing margin wasn't actually London Welsh; it was Leicester Tigers. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it was. I think that, that's correct. Wow. Um, yeah, the, every single man from Bath looked stronger, faster, more committed, fitter, better hands. Just yeah. in every facet of play. That backline is so exciting, isn't it? It Yeah, Jonathan Joseph and Rocco Dagooni. I was trying to sort of think, well, what can I say about Leicester? Is there anybody? The only thing I could think was, Niall Morris's tackling was brilliant. (laughs) That's the only thing I could think of that was any good for Leicester. A lot of chances to get get them tackles in. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And on on this, before we get into what it means looking forward, I also want to just talk about, and I know JB will join me with this. Let's talk about that scrum. Oh. Wilson and James did an absolute oh, number oh, on wow. Balmain and Moneypola. 
People do not realise what a good scrummager Paul James is. Yeah. He's a beast. And oh, it's, it's, the, it's the extra power in his lower jaw. Oh. <laughs> so much power. <laughs> and having Hooper and Atwood, Atwood was immense he all was. game. I having those two behind as well. Yeah. He, he, he looked like some sort of biblical figure when he had blood pouring, yeah. dripping through his beard. He was heroic, Did they? It? They start, started with Weber as well. Yes, they did. Yeah, they did. Wow, yeah. that's Webber... just a huge, huge front row, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, Weber's lineout was awesome as well. The whole yeah. back lineout was was superb, disrupting. Oh, the it, was, it was just—I think the word that you used on was it you, Phil, that you used to describe Bath's um, play on on our at Rugby Podcast Twitter was sexual. <laughs> Se- was that you, Jamie? It was me. It yeah. wasn't me. No, sexual scrummaging. Uh, Big win. Would you not say Rocket and Goonies got to be in with a shout of an England spot? Yes. EPS squad is being announced soon. Atwood is got to be with a chance of a starting spot. Yeah, and Oof, it, starting it, I don't know, but because it's so, second row is so tight. Like, well, Laws, yeah, or, or at least Laws, who's going to get that spot on the bench? Yeah, I, I would put Atwood ahead of Parlin. I think based on what I've seen this season mm. uh, with Laws and Launchbury probably maintaining their start. Himself. I think Atwood's a beast. The the other thing from that game, I know Jay's been banging on about uh, his predictions previously. I think I said at the end of last week's pod that. Did you George, get... George Ford would make Leicester wish they'd retained him yes, rather I... than Freddie Burns. I think so. And yes, oh. I think he uh, might have just done that. I need to get uh, another Ford kid. I need <laughs> to get another bit of music out for this because seriously, I think all three of us, um, even Pedo, who's our visiting, I'm sure as a Welshman, would have to say we would love to jump on horseback and ride up into a mountain and pitch a tent with George Ford. I'm not sure we would. Do some, fish, do some fishing, eat some beans <laughs> out of a can. Metaphorically, of and course. Just watch some, <laughs> and, and then watch some game tape of his matches this season so far. The guy's been amazing. Yeah, it's he, very he, impressive. You said it in the first week, Tim. He just has so much space, so much time on the ball, and he just seems to always make the right decision, whether he's going to show and well, go or Well, let's just wait and see how George Ford does against his arch nemesis, Rain. Because <laughs> every time I've seen it rain, wow, he looks bad. That's mm. true, actually. Last season, every time. A... But he's still only twenty-one. So, what? do you get more water resistance with age? <laughs> How's this work? <laughs> he's uh, getting more and more you know, experience. Like old people have leather handbag skin. It just gets slightly more leathery. It just repel the water. More. Rain does affect bath because they're also steppy. <laughs> yes. Oh, and yeah. then they're going to bring in Big Sam. Oh, yes. Oh, God, yeah. This is exciting times down at the wreck. And you know what? When I saw that score, I thought, this is amazing. And I thought, no, I'm really angry now. Because I told Phil, last podcast, let's go down and watch Bath. And mm. Phil said, no, no, not really, no, no. Well, we did have a friend's Doesn't en- matter. engagement party Doesn't matter. that we had to be at. We missed history. <laughs> <laughs> so there you it, go. Well, it is history. It I'm, is. I'm getting my fact button at the ready because, Phil, you can fill us in on some stats about this game, can't you? Well, yeah, the, the most important one was it is the first time that Leicester have ever been nilled in the Premiership. That's incredible. Fact. <laughs> it's the largest score that Bath have beaten their old rivals by in their history. Fact. It's the largest defeat in the Premiership for Leicester ever. Fact. It's an ugly reading for Leicester. Where where do they go? I mean, well, maybe this brings us on to something else we want to talk about. Maybe we should do the injured injured team here. Yeah. Because Leicester are, once again, just like last season, blighted by injuries. And they shouldn't buy injured players. I know it sounds stupid to say that because you don't know when players are going to get injured. But if you've got a Tom Croft, yes, he is world-class. But they've had him for, like, how long now? Eight years or something like that? They should just At know, least. if you're going to spend a lot of, me- lot of money on, on, on a player like that, he's got to play more than three games a season. He keeps on getting injured. I think it's time that they kind of part ways with, with their injury-prone players and get people who've got a track record of actually being... You know, I, it's really hard because you don't know when players will get injured. But if you look at the model that the NFL use... If you've got a, you know, a season where you've only played a quarter of the games, the chances are you're not going to be there next year. It's, mm. it's a real difficult one. And I know it's, all, it's awkward because you, you, know, you don't want to be too harsh on injured players, but it's a reality. Yeah. And Com- Croft is like Leicester through and through. He's been there since the academy. Yeah. But, but they brought in Miles Benjamin, who has played maybe 10 games in the last two seasons. And, uh, yeah, and who was to see that? Because he played an awful lot for Worcester. For Worcester, yeah. So... He he's a special talent. When he gets fit, he is a special talent. Yeah, but you've got to be fit. So, on that basis, um, players that are injured currently, what's the best 15 we can come up with? Are we going to na- name the Leicester starting team? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll start. I'll go with Dan Cole. Yeah, Dan Cole, tight head. Yeah, um, I've got Dan Cole. 
Uh, yep. I've got Loosehead, Gethin Jenkins. Yeah, exactly oh, the same right, one I've yeah. got. And Stephen Moore, Australian hooker. Exactly who I've got. Is Gethin Jenkins actually injured or has he just been rested? And... No, no, calf injury. Again? That's, that's a proper international front row, that. Uh, yeah, a lot of caps. Locks. I've gone two Leicester ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slater? Slater and Bradthorne. Exactly. Oh, Bradthorne injured? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, oh, my God. St- still recovering. Does he get injured for 65 years? <laughs> and, then, and then he moves to Leicester. <laughs> something, got, something wrong, something in the Steve, water. Stephen yeah. Ferris on the blind side. Oh, yeah. Uh, does he count because he's retired? Retired. Well, retired. Has, he, has he officially, officially retired? Yeah, retired. Yeah, yeah, That's such a shame, that. It's a blow for my Ulsterman. Um, Sefton. Uh, <laughs> Pocock? Yeah, Pocock. Uh-huh. Uh, Francois Lowe. If we do this next... Cu- currently injured. If we do this next week, you can add Warburton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If he's allowed to play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, right, let's just pause on that one, right? Seriously. What are the WRU on about? So, as, as I understand it, they they pulled Sam Warburton out of Cardiff's toughest match so far in the Pro 12 against Ulster. Ulster, yes, very uh, tough match. For the reason being, he's played three games in a row. Now, <laughs> yep. Is, is well, that no, sorry, what's what's his job? Because <laughs> I'm sure it is rugby player. Yeah. And one of those was a pre-season match. Yes. This can't be good, can it? And yeah. so why not pull him out of the game in Zebra or the pre-season game and let him play against yeah. this real tough but Irish It was Cardiff, Cardiff at home as well. And one of the things in the problems in Welsh rugby is not attracting the big crowds. So you want your big name players playing. So the people of Cardiff who've turned up to that game expecting to see him, expecting to see someone like Jenkins... And they're not there. Then going to be a lot more reluctant you in future want to your actually come down. WRU, what are you doing? We thought uh, we'd put all this to bed. Yeah, scrum off. Or is there any more back row? Uh, I, I, well, back row. I had Francois Lowe, David Pocock, and PSVs. Okay, and scrum off then. I had Ruin Pina. That's exactly who I've got. Yeah, That's nice. a real, just a real blow. That one. Yeah, it is. He's playing very well as well. Hopefully, he'll come back for Ulster, fit and strong. Ten. <laughs> Rodri Jackson. Uh, out, yes. Out for six months. Yeah. Dan, Dan Carter. Dan Carter, oh, I've got. You know, it's a toss-up. <laughs> uh, okay, centres. Uh, I've gone. I'll take your pick. Jonathan Joseph now. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, hope it, I hope, hope that, uh, that's not a bad one. But you I could really have the do. Leicester combination of Allen and... Allen and uh, That's a pretty solid centre partnership. But I've gone for Manonu and Tuolagi. Nice. Yeah, wingers. Nice. Um, well, again, Leicester combination of Miles Benjamin and Adam Thompson. Yeah. Adam Thompson? Surely there's better injured wingers than Adam <laughs> Thompson. <laughs> well... Um, Leicester really are having trouble, aren't they? They really are, aren't they? I, I'm just doing that to emphasise the Leicester. Oh, right, good. Not to emphasise how good Adam Thompson is. I'm, I'm surely in a couple of weeks we'll just, we might as well just put Matt Tate in here in pencil and then buy, <laughs> buy <laughs> row him in in a couple of weeks. Um, Ugo Monia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've got down James Simpson Daniel because he kind of only mm. recently announced his retirement after failing to come back. Um, but yeah, Miles Benjamin, Ugo Monia. I'll stick Thompson at fullback. Uh, well, Lee Halfpenny at fullback. Oh, yes. He's still to make his uh, oh, one debut. That, what Bujalad was saying, as in, we <laughs> may have to consider terminating the contract of Lee Halfpenny and also moaning that he thinks he may have been carrying an injury when he signed for Tillon. Is that not their job to find that information out? Yeah. Yes. But today it's said that it's been resolved now. But I, I also saw um, an interview with Habana. Um, because Bujolet also came out and said he de- he demands his South African players to come back, um, otherwise he'll stop paying them. Come back, from- come back from the rugby championship. Well, where are they? Well, they're Argentina. Has this got anything to do with the fact that Toulon have been struggling a little bit and haven't been playing very well, and then they absolutely smashed Brief at the weekend, and oh no, everything's fine. But, yes, right. I think it is along those lines. So yeah, Lee, Lee Halfpenny rounds off our team. That's a that's a proper international. international yeah, that's a World Cup winning potential. 15 that see I have um, I think this highlights another thing which is probably too many games I would like to see the amount of games cut down drastically so we'd have a shorter season um, and then fit in the international season because you think about the amount of games which are playing it is it is too many if you think about it, yeah. all those players you'd like to see, see see playing week week after week and I don't think they can do it if they have to play I don't know what 30 games a season well 30 games plus internationals there was a an article in the Independent uh, this week that was referencing an article in the Times two weeks ago wow. that said that at uh, any given time, 30% of the players in the top 14 are injured. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. It's a huge number. Uh, I just want to say, and I want to, I want to pay tribute to the wonderful commentary summarising skills of Lawrence Delalio. He did what I, I absolutely love when 
commentators use literally wrong. <laughs> my, my, the best ever example was Jamie Redknapp, who said Michael Owen is literally a greyhound. <laughs> That's the best one. But Loris Delelio, just into the second half of the Leicester Bath match, said of the Bath performance in the first half and against Leicester, he said, Leicester have literally been pummeled by Bath. <laughs> well done, Lawrence. I've looked up what uh, pummeling means. The definition is to be repeatedly beaten with the fists. Like that, no wonder that Bath is literally won. unbelievable. If, they, if, they, if Wayne that. Barnes let them get away with that the whole first half, Wayne Barnes <laughs> will let you get away with anything. Sometimes he doesn't even let you get away with rugby. Well, let's well let's talk about that because listen, there's been one phrase that if you've listened to the podcast for a while, and, and if you have listened, I want to say thank you very much for doing so. But there's there's one phrase that's been used in the podcast by one member, uh, JB, more than any other. And I know that he's going to want to use this phrase today. The phrase you will have heard before is, let the boys play. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Oh, let the boys play. Just let the boys play. Let the boys play. <laughs> You loser, Tim. When did you do that? Uh, just just went through old podcasts. and Well, mainly I went to the one where Jared Payne got a red card for Ulster and uh, took little clips of you I shouting. say you're the loser. Maybe I'm the loser. Uh, it's become a catchphrase on the podcast and Jay uses it just essentially to say... Let the boys play. That's let, what it means. Just let them play. Stop getting involved with your law changes and refereeing decisions which ruin the flow of the game and the genuine contest. And... Phil, you've always been of well with that Jared Payne one and the catching in the I air. say I say let the boys play. He says let the boys pay. Pay with yellow cards and <laughs> but, and, but and, come and on, has it gone too far, Phil? Oh, this ca- this, this catching. Some, there's been a lot of instant, instances recently where mm. it's gone way too far, and none more egregious than the yellow card for uh, Corbett Sierra for God knows what. In fact, two yellow cards because you know that makes more sense. That was that was a ridiculous decision. Uh, they, they, these, some of these refs need to be lynched. Um, <laughs> but and, is it? Are they just doing what they've been told to do? Because it was interesting listening. I, I don't know if they know what, what, <laughs> what to do. I think they're they're mad. Um, the the extra one. Luckily, it didn't affect the game. But um, I think the rule must be now. You just this was cr- uh, Witten, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Witten on Sharples. Sharples. Was it? it was. I just can't. It doesn't compute. <laughs> it must be now what they actually want secretly is for them not to compete in the air. I think that's what it must be because Witten was looking the other way completely, he had his back turned, and then Sharples jumped on his head. And then Sharples <laughs> caught the ball, fell to the floor, and Witten gets yellow. What is going on? What is going on? I just, it's this it, phrase that they've used, duty of care, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. What does that mean? Why can't you have a duty of care to yourself? Oh, there's a man under the ball. Let's not jump on his head. I mean, I would say <laughs> I would say the, the duty of care comes to the player not jumping on the head of the other player. What does that even mean anyway? You know, when you want... when How much duty of care do you think goes through um, Manoa's head when he's destroying fly halves? I I just don't understand it. And if you want to take this duty of care thing a little bit further, then surely Jacques Jacques Berger should be red-carded every time he plays for duty of his care (laughs) care to his own face. If if, if, if you want a a team who, you know, it's just a duty of care team, why don't we just just pick 15 nurses and, you know, watch them nurse each other? It's ludicrous. (laughs) Ludicrous! They've got to stop Tell it. Tell me more about these nurses nursing each other. <laughs> it'd be, it'd be, what do you have in mind? It'd, it'd be terrible. It'd be awful. Would this happen in a in a bath? A big one of those no. big rugby baths? <laughs> It'll never happen, thank God. I, and do you know what? If you've trained all week to catch balls in the air, and that hap- you can't coach what these what these refs are are deciding. Yeah, it, uh, they, it, they, they they should be suspended. It is. It's very great. The, the point that you made is very good. That in Sharples jumping as high as coming as fast as he does, jumping as high as he he does he's kind of acting recklessly himself I think so um but it's it's how do you referee it and Say, how do you, the, all the rules are guided to go on actions not intention or anything like that action so the action ha- that happened was he got touched in in the air and he fell from 6 foot landed on his back now that is very dangerous according to the guidelines by the IRB the RFU that is a dangerous act and it's going to be a yellow card but Sharples so did followed, that to himself yeah, but this is this is where, like you make that point, it becomes an incredibly g- difficult grey area. Well, if I was if I was a cynical person, which of course I'm not, um, and I saw you catching a ball and you weren't facing me and you weren't uh, and you weren't elevating, 
I'd basically jump on your back and fall to the floor and say, ref, ref, ref. I'd pretend to be injured, maybe hold my head. What was it's it, ludicrous. W- what would be the lesser of two evils? Would it be to continue with the, the, the laws as it currently is or saying you can't jump to catch the ball? I think that's basically what we're going to have to do, isn't it? Because mm. these refs have got so little idea of what they're refing. It's embarrassing. Well, no, but that, yeah. but as Phil just said, they're following out the directive yeah. that they've been but given. I don't know. What is the directive? I mean, we're going to have to look up exactly what the directive says. But I can't imagine when the law lawmakers were writing, writing these laws, they had that Witten situation in mind. I don't think it's going to be too long until we see a rugby strike zone where you can't tackle below the knees. That's that's a huge change from, from what there is now. Yeah, because I was watching... I can't remember who was commentating, but he was talking about... These kind of, you know, the chop tackles. Oh, the chop tackles where you dive at someone's yeah, ankles. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous. And I can see it's only a matter of time till some busybody. Well, basically, Dan Lydiot. He's, yeah. he's, he's made technique. a whole career out of it. And, yeah. you know, what's the, Dan, Dan Lydiot going to do next? There's, there's different ways. Because in rugby league, they've banned the chop tackle where two players have both stood up and someone dives at like the, the side of the knee. Yeah. Purposely. And the other one goes at the top half. Yeah. Purposely to trying to like make buckle them in, the turn knee. Turn them into an S shape. Buckle yeah. the knee. Yeah. The other one, the, the other contentious decision was the David Mele red card. I've not seen this. I don't know what happened. Which, what, where, what, where do you stand? Because I think it's a deserved red. I think it was yellow because I, I, I thought, right, so if you, if you didn't see it like JB, it was the Bath Leicester game. It's towards the end of the match, although that's irrelevant when it happened. Yeah. A Leicester player goes down with the ball outwards on top of him. Mm-hmm. And the scrum half arriving thinks the ball is trapped underneath the Leicester tummy, and that Dave Atwood is just lying on top of the Leicester player, not rolling away, and he's preventing the ball from coming out of the. the Did he put his boots on? Boots on it then. He then put his boots on Atwood's arm because basically Fine. his perception was, and it's how, how I saw it when I was watching the game as well. I went Atwood should have been should have rolled away, and even the commentators went, "Oh, referee Wayne Barnes, if he thought there was an infringement by Atwood, he could have blown the whistle earlier and prevented that." But when you actually look from a different angle, you see Atwood had stolen the ball, swept it back, and then just the ball was miles away. Oh, was it? But, yeah. But the commentators, myself, and obviously the scrum half, thought the ball was being deliberately trapped and slowed down by Atwood. Anyway, he took matters into his own hands, the scrum half, melee, raked down Atwood's arm. It was three are you very, allowed- very aggressive rakes. Are you allowed to put your feet on players anymore? I'm no. not even sure if you if are. It's, it has to be near the ball yeah. and it has to be not on the body. The, the ball was, by the, by the time of the third strike, the ball was five metres away. It seemed to be. And it was, now, it I, was I, very aggressive. I draw two lines the, here. There's like, the there's like extremely aggressive, reckless rucking, I'd say, yeah, red card. Uh, but I would also say, and I believe this is the laws, the red card is issued when it's near joints, knees, Agreed. shoulders, elbow. If it's deliberately attacking a joint that could directly cause serious injury, think of Doddy Weir in the Lions, mm. yeah. living with Lions, 97, the, yeah. the way he goes out the tour where someone just stamps on his knee joint. I, but this was, it had, the, it had good intentions, hmm. stupidly executed. I, I, would given was, a, I would have given a yellow. St- I, I could understand the yellow. I, I think... Uh, it showed the scoreline. I think Melly was really frustrated, and he took his frustrations out on it. And I, for that reason, I think it was it was so much over the top, so far away from what was actually needed that I, I'd say red cards. What fine. they should have done to take their frustrations away should have been to par- pile that horrible away kit in, and just burn it, yeah. never wear it again. Why were they wearing that, by the way? I'm pretty sure we're not going to see that away kit again after that result. No, maybe not. Might be like the United Grey kit, exactly. Southampton. Can I, just one really strange thing, right? Have you noticed that it's okay for scrum halves to stamp on their own players? <laughs> and you see it all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they're, they're trying to dig a ball out and they see some stupid klutz. Uh, you know, right, so you got they're stamp, stamping all over him. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if one day someone gets it get, gets, gets carded for stamping on their own man. My why fa- is always stamp on your own player? My favourite scrum halves are the type of scrum halves that would stamp on their own oh, players. Pete, like, Pete, I love. Yeah. Pete, Peter Stringer has definitely done that a lot in his time. <laughs> oh, yes, he has. <laughs> I think they should bring back raking. As long as it's just to the body... And legs and face. <laughs> so, in conclusion, you're just saying let the boys play, let JB. Let the boys play. I do think there needs to be further clarity on the high ball rule. And I think some of the high, the yellow cards for high tackles that I've seen recently are ridiculous. But what about... Because they've changed the rule in on high tackling. So, even if it starts on the chest and slides up, it's... It is a high tackle. I hate these. Table. I hate the ones, especially the ones where the player like slips. I know. And what, it just what, what can a, what can a defender do? It's some of those. It makes me not want to watch rugby. Turning yeah. the game soft, they're ludicrous. 
Yeah, how do you coach not signing up? I know. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The, the Habana one a few weeks ago uh, against Australia. Let's see if we can get... Ridiculous. Uh, let's see if we can get a meeting with some, some rule makers some, somewhere. Yeah. Do they not know why we love rugby so much and why rugby... So many people... It's a welcome relief from... The the ridiculousness of football and footballers and the yeah. stupid heard, tedium heard, of life. I heard Phil Neville on the radio the other night saying we sh- we shouldn't ref- we shouldn't call diving diving. We should call it a technical foul. He was trying to make the case that basically it's a technique and it should be it should be referred to diving should be referred to as a technical foul because it's just a clever player being able to. Ugh. It's just oh, it made me want to pull my hair out and shout at the radio. And I was like, thank God I support I follow rugby. I don't ever want to see it getting well, in the same area. I think we need no. to take the stance which smokers should um, smokers should should have taken. Now, if I was a smoker back in the eighties, I would. <laughs> I would never, ever... Where is this going? <laughs> I, I would have resisted all the anti-smoking laws I possibly could because then it's like the thin end of the, end of the wedge and before you know it, if, if, if you want to have a cigarette, you've got to have it 20 miles away from your workplace because it just keeps on building and building. We need to stop these soft people <laughs> getting into our game early because eventually it's just going to turn into tag rugby. Can we all applaud that analogy? Come on. No, it's the Come most on. confusing analogy. I think I've ever what are you saying that, like, I don't know. So um, who's the smoker? <laughs> what I'm saying, right, is don't let them, don't let these people influence what, uh, what we do. Don't let it happen, because it will happen. These PC bots will get, oh, that's not safe. Then an injury audit. So is, is, is tag rugby like the... Electronic when, cigarettes. When, <laughs> when Phil get, gets his way, all rugby will only be allowed to play to be played on PlayStation for ultimate health and safety. Ah, yes, that's a good idea, Jay. And you have to warm up your thumbs first. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what you think at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Thank you very much for getting in touch with us over the last week. We've had a, we've had a bunch of stuff, including I, I reckon um, some. That interview that I mentioned earlier, Richard Hibbard and John Afoa, I reckon David Flatman was getting some of his gear to chat to them about from mm. from us and from people's responses to us on Twitter. Because, I'd like to think so. Because yeah. we, were, we were asking last week, uh, Phil compiled his top 10 ne- nicknames in rugby and we said, well, we must have missed some, let us know. And you did. And some of them came up and David Flatman was looped in a conversation about about a few of them yeah. and uh, and then said... In the interview with Richard Hibbard and John Furry, he said, oh, Richard Hibbard, I, I learnt this over the last week, and this was one of the tweets that he was looped in on, uh, your nickname was Fatrick Swayze, <laughs> which is a brilliant... How we didn't know about that one and get it in the list? I don't know. Yeah, he was looped into a conversation about the most stylish players. Oh, yeah. And someone nominated him as the most stylish front row. Yeah. So now we've got Captain Hugo Monia. Yes, definitely. Sharp dressed. Yeah, very sharply dressed man. And we've got David Flatman. I'd put Mike Ford as the director of rugby for that. Really? He wears a blazer. Because uh, I interviewed him last uh, the other week when they Bath played away at Sale. And he, he wears his, um, what was it called? The checkered style. Uh, gingham? Yeah, he, he, wears his gingham sh- he wears his gingham shirt. He wears his real like mustard beige oh. trousers. They're good. It, w- with his Bath blazer with the Bath what, emblem on it. It's it beautiful. Nice. With, the bra- with the proper brass buttons and just, stuff. Just remember where Ford came from. And just think how well it would go down if you returned to Oldham Town Centre in his mustard trousers. <laughs> Ingham shirt and Bath blazer. <laughs> I like it. I uh, like it a lot. But anyway, there was, a, there was a bunch of other nicknames that were suggested. So to add to your list of the best nicknames in rugby, Phil, we've got some suggestions on Twitter, didn't we? Yes. We missed... 36, Billy 12 trees. Um, because uh, Jordan Murphy, when they were at Leicester together, uh, said said 12, 12 trees. <laughs> 12 trees is 36. <laughs> uh, then, uh, my favourite probably is a loafer, a loafer. That was class. I enjoyed uh, that a lot. War- he's Waratars, I think he's just gone to France. That's so good. Uh, he's co- nicknamed Bread. Yeah, but now he's gone to France, he's nicknamed Baguette. Baguette. <laughs> <laughs> That's a brilliant one. And yeah, Patrick Swayze is, is excellent, isn't he? He's it? excellent. So there we go. So with anything you hear or you want to react to, the great and the good, they, they read our Twitter feed. Don't you worry about that. So uh, yeah, keep tweeting us at Rugby Podcast and get in touch. Now there's something I spotted. I need to mention this. So it's a year to the World Cup. Mm. It's one year to the day, the, the other day. And Austin Healy was doing an article in The Telegraph and he was looking at each team and what their chances of success are. You know how sometimes you, you, you might give a team a rating out of 10? Or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. It would be like, oh, the, I'd say England are currently in good shape. Eight out of ten. 
Yeah. Austin Healy or the Daily Telegraph or whoever decided on this decided to do it in percentages. Okay. So Austin Healy was giving teams a percentage chance of winning the World Cup. Okay. So he gave Scotland a 7% chance. That's high. That is very high. He Then moving on to Italy, he gave them his World Cup chances, 25%. Italy. So, one in four. One in four right. World Cups Italy are going to Moving win. on to Argentina, 25%. Moving on to Wales, 48%. <laughs> well, that that's already more than 100%. France... <laughs> World Cup chances, 50%. <laughs> wow. Australia, 60. Ireland, 70. South Africa, 80. England, 85. New Zealand, 90. He managed to do a, a roundup of the World Cup chances and all his percentages added up to 580%. Is he covering, <laughs> is he covering the next five... Five, um, world, five World Cups. Yeah, 5.8 World Cups. Is that what he's trying to cover here? I can, oh I can only think that's what he was up Austin, to. Austin, come on. Daily Telegraph, you're better than that. Come yeah. on. Well, one one of them needs to be held um, held to account for this. Well. If he did on a rating out of ten, that would have made perfect sense. Yeah. Well, why choose? Per- it was it was odd. So well done. <laughs> We've got to talk about this, boys. We've got to talk That's... about this. JB. Well, no, I was going to say made your five live radio debut. That's not true. Been on five live a few times. To be fair, you've never been on five live as Jonathan Beardmore from the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. No, however. and I've never been on the Egg Chasers. Podcasters Jonathan Beardmore either. So. No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, JB made an appearance. Five Live got in touch and uh, they were looking around for some rugby experts and uh, came to us for some reason. And uh, and JB volunteered his services to Five Live. Expert, you say? I'll be there immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get paid a contributor's fee? I think you meant to get fifty quid or something, can't you? I would. I don't know. No, no, I didn't get anything. You didn't. you didn't. You should have asked for it. You'd normally get it. No, I just popped in um, on the way to work. Croissant. Cup of coffee? Uh, no, 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 no. Um, didn't get anything. Didn't even get a cup. Didn't get a cup of coffee. Didn't get what? Anything. Not even a thank you. No. Well, that's not what they... we paid our license fee for. <laughs> Strictly. Uh, yeah. The Bake Off. Uh, so JB, <laughs> JB went on Five Live, and the topic you were talking about, you were a a rugby contributor on the topic of our baths hygienic. Well, <laughs> actually, well, let's, let's listen to the clip because it'll make more sense. Okay. Uh, this rugby this players who aren't really known for being a shy private bunch are being warned not to share towels or in fact anything else really because of a risk of serious skin (laughs) infection it's warning against sharing ice baths and razors and clothing after a bug spread around a club in the midlands leaving players with boils and abscesses so how much do rugby players really share jonathan beardmore presents the egg chasers rugby podcast hi there jonathan hi thanks for having me on it's very nice to see is there a lot of sharing that goes on um well, it's a bit of an odd story because, um, I mean, from what I heard, it's not just towels, but razors and what, what was it on um, ice, ice baths? baths? Yeah, yeah. I suppose there is quite a lot of sharing. Yeah, I mean, when you come in off, off, after playing a game, you, you've forgotten your towel, you quite happily pick up someone else's, would you? Not, not a problem at all. In fact, it happened to me about two weeks ago. Did it? So, yeah, not, not really an issue. What you, you, you gave... That's us laughing now, by the way, not, not people <laughs> laughing at the time. The razors thing sounds a bit odd, though. I mean, other than Gavin Henson, I don't know who needs a razor. <laughs> so you were on to talk about that. You could, if you're really interested, you can go and listen to Tuesday's uh, Five Live Breakfast show. But uh, this, this story, this is, it's a bit of a non-story, isn't it? Yes, I guess it is. Yes. I, I mean, the, the thing which got you're not, me... You're not on Five Live now. You can just say what you want now. Well, okay. I was going to lay into public health England because I thought, well, you know, have they... I mean, obviously they've just finished curing uh, the common cold and all of cancer because now they're looking at towels. But no, no, it, uh, what actually happened is they were called in by the rugby club to do a survey and find out exactly what was, you know, what was the issue. So it wasn't just some busybody looking for something to do. Um, it sounds like... The razors thing is weird, though. I would never... Well, I wouldn't never share a razor. I mean, I might oh. share a razor. Oh, how, how often do you find your other, your, your other half has used your razor? Yeah, that's a bit different, though. I wouldn't share a razor with Jay, for example. No. Um, it's just weird. And also, I wouldn't shave in the rugby club. Or I might do if I was in a, you know, a real rush, but, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I, an I, ice bath. Look at me. Do I ever do you go not an ice think, bath? Do you not think this rugby club in the West Midlands have just, like, had a an outbreak of, like, I don't know, some sort of disease or something? Well, and, 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 they're, and they're going, why have you all got... 
Syphilis. <laughs> what have you been sharing? What have you sharing? <laughs> towels. It's the towels. <laughs> yeah, that's almost certainly what happened. Yeah. Have you looked at everything they've been sharing, Public Health England? <laughs> I suspect you haven't. Yeah, and also the twenty-one-year-old student physio. <laughs> Because in terms of in terms of sharing, now I've I've shared a lot of moments with colleagues that I wouldn't want to talk about to a health professional. <laughs> Many of which I didn't take any part in, but I just witnessed. But I'm sure we can all think of times when stuff goes on. When rug, rug, rugby players are a funny breed, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Well, there we go. That was that was JB's uh, big moment on the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, BBC, up your game. Get, at least get us a little arm on croissant yeah, or something. Yeah, BBC, in the future, if you need someone who knows about rugby, um, call Tim or call Phil. <laughs> <laughs> right, before we move on, uh, let's do a very quick two-minute discussion. So this is on the clock. We've only got two minutes to decide on one of the topical things that's been going on in rugby. And one of the announcements has been from the RFU about the increase in the salary cap for Aviva Premiership sides. JB, you can kick off. Salary cap increase, good or bad? Good start, but not enough. I would like to see salary cap go up even more. Because it's gone up, it just means that you can, then, that you can pay your existing players a, you know, a fractionally, uh, fractionally better. The more important thing is the new own cap player, so we can get in more superstars from uh, New Zealand, South Africa, where, wherever else it may be. Phil? Um, I think it's a good thing. Um, got to compete with, with the top 14. Um but it'd be interesting to have the, the transparency in the overall pay for players. Like we mentioned before, yep. allegedly some players have are on 30k who are clearly not on 30k. Well, I'm going to come from a different point of view and say that the salary cap increase could be a bad thing because the rich are going to get richer, the poor are going to get poorer. Already, we know, surely, that some teams are operating outside of the salary cap with consultancy fees that they're getting from big commercial partners and stuff like that and Newcastle Sales Sharks London Irish those types of teams could go into oblivion JB um, I don't really see how that would work but as long as there's uh, a lot of TV money coming in and equal distribution of sports rights it should it should be okay I think the key here is gradual increases but gradually I want more um, more higher salary caps Phil yeah we've got to be able to compete with the top 14 and bring in the best talent in which the, the second marquee player will do Important to have transparency, um, but like you say, Tim, you can't have the rich clubs getting richer and the creating further disparity in the league. And the uh, oh, okay, final little point on this would be: I understand why it's being done. It's for the England team, and it's trying to stop after the World Cup. They're anticipating that loads of English players after the World Cup are going to do one to France to earn a load of money, and it's trying to put more money into the English game on salaries to keep them in the game. I understand that. I just worry that the big clubs are going to get even more dominant and the great thing about the Premiership as we've seen this weekend is that the equal oh, parity pa- the, 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 the competitiveness of the league is one of its its, it's best strength. features yeah. it's one of its strengths so I see why they're doing it but I worry about what it could mean but that, I suppose it is a very real reality there probably are a load of players especially around that age sort of late 20s early 30s that, that will do one for a, for a big check like Toby Flood did they're not doing one they're securing the future I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it if I were a player and I had the chance to play abroad I'd do it in a heartbeat yeah I'm gone see you later boys see you later Newcastle not not (laughs) just about the money just about the life Life experience experience. Mm. well Dwayne Peel moved to sail to experience a new culture (laughs) famously (laughs) did he actually genuinely say that oh yeah we we need to find that clip it's hilarious (laughs) it's like when the well apparently they don't have lattes in um, (laughs) Planethly so (laughs) I always like when you see uh, like a South American footballer, someone from Argentina signing for Stoke, and he says, "Oh, Stoke! It's been my boyhood dream to to play for Stoke." Oh, absolutely, it has. Benji McCarthy, when he said he was a, a growing up in South Africa, dreaming of playing yeah. for Blackburn Rovers. <laughs> There's a Welsh international footballer, Mickey Thomas. Who, oh, uh, I know all about Mickey Thomas. Who was playing? He was living in Wrexham and playing for Manchester United. Uh-huh. Wow, and. He then moved to Chelsea mm-hmm. and the commute. So it was like a, you know, driving from Wrexham to, to West London. It's the guy every that printed day. money, yeah. So, but yeah, the guy, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was like a four hour, four hour drive there, four hour back every day. And he said, that, he, he said at one point, he said that the commuting has just got too much. I can't do the commuting. So I'm moving to Stoke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I actually, oh my God. Uh, actually very, I'm actually very, very good friends with Mickey Thomas's nephew. There you go. <laughs> name drop. Name drop. <laughs> That's the worst name drop I've ever well, heard. The reason I say it is because I've got loads and loads of stories, but I can't really tell them on the podcast Hold because on, got, I just, might I, actually have I was liable. so taken aback by that name drop that I forgot to, I, I couldn't actually reach for the name drop bell. I'm instantly regressing what I there just we said. Go. <laughs> Uh, is your is your good friends, cousins, dog sitters, mum, anyone famous, Phil? Uh, not that I'm aware. Not that I'd want to mention on the podcast. Uh, what, what have I done? Well, you can redeem yourself by telling us some of these good stories. No, I can't. I really can't. But there's right. a lot of them. All right, we'll um, move on. Man that prints many has a lot of good stories. <laughs> we'll move on. Okay then, final thing on the podcast leagues, of course, to look forward to the matches that are coming up. So we'll go through the the main leagues. We'll pick out our and talk in a bit more depth about our pick of the week. Uh, looking forward in the fixtures, and um, and we'll give our predictions about what we think is going to go. If you think we've got it completely wrong, and we always do, I we all said it would be tight between Bath and Leicester. I actually said I thought Leicester might edge it. Mm. I wouldn't have said that if I'd known Alan and Tuilagi weren't in the team. But even I got so, all my picks yeah. right. No, you one. didn't. Harlequins. I, Harlequins. I said Quins would win. Yeah, I said. Do you know what? I, I, I looked at the teams. I honestly couldn't see where Harlequins had an advantage over Wasps on the two teams. Yeah, sheets. it's a hell of a result that. Yeah, it's a really good, good result for Quins. Mm. Let's start with the Pro Twelve because we've not really talked about the. I mean, your Olsterman, uh, Phil. So how, how did they get on? In that they they comfortably beat Cardiff, didn't they? Yeah, twenty six nine. Um, couple of players coming back as well Tommy Bow played his first game and Paddy... Tommy Bow's got a range of shoes he, he does yeah oh, I think we I've found this on... out he's brogues yeah no they're not brogues oh, they're they're not. Not. well he has a range of shoes so he probably does have some brogues and in they're there. all named after Ireland players you can get a Cronin oh, a Sexton no, yeah, Dr- yeah. O'Driscoll you can't get an O'Driscoll actually um, I remember the Cronin the O'Driscoll and there's a Cronin it... is a weird one to pick yeah no shoes anyway well, yeah Ulster uh, yeah, look good um their defence was very good against Cardiff. Cardiff couldn't seem to break them th- break through. If you're from, if you're a supporter of one of the Welsh regions or one of the Irish provinces or Scottish regions as well, then I guess the reason we didn't really talk about it this much is there wasn't. This the, isn't the, the podcast for you. There was no, 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 no. There wasn't the tight games that there were in the Premiership. There was quite yeah. a lot of imba- mm. like one-sided matches. Um, yeah. But, well, the biggest game from the weekend just gone was Connacht beating Leinster ten yeah, nine. Absolutely. Which is a hell of a result, Connor, un- unbeaten. Gee, that's un- two good results for. Oh, Connor, Connor, well, all un- of the good results because they're unbeaten. Yeah. yeah are Connor the un- Irish teams not as good as they have been? No, um, they're not, are they? Yeah. I think Leinster will tighten up. I think Munster are a little bit weak. Glasgow Connacht could now be the game of the weekend. Gl- I, think, I, I think Glasgow Connacht probably deserves to be our game of the weekend now, such as the former Connacht. Yeah. And Glasgow, to be I, fair. Yeah, Glasgow, very good as well. Ter- terrible kit match-up, though, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's not the best. <laughs> Maybe the worst of all the kit matchups you could ever hope for. Yeah, not good. Uh, you'd have to go for Glasgow to edge that one. At home. At home. Yeah, because they, they are the two unbeaten teams in the league. Yeah. Mm. Would not have predicted that. No. And fair play to both sides. Yeah, especially with both of them playing Leinster and both beating Leinster. Yep. So that, that is going to be a really good game. The two other games on Friday night, Edinburgh Scarlets... I'll, I'll go for Edinburgh at home. Well, Scarlet's had a good win. I'll go for Scarlet's. Uh, I'd go for Edinburgh at home. Leinster against Cardiff Blues. Cardiff look pretty poor. Will yeah. Sam Warburton be allowed to play? <laughs> Who knows? It's like, do you know, there was always a kid on the street that was a bit sad and lonely. And like, you know, you know, used to knock on and go, is so-and-so coming out to play? There was, mm. there was always a kid who wasn't allowed. Or, <laughs> no, he's, he's indoors. He's Gareth, having his Shaw. Gareth Shaw. Gareth Shaw. Is that his yeah, name? Yeah, on my street, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, it's come out. Great football, Will. Um, yes. So, you're saying Sam Warburton's Gareth Shaw. Yeah, his mum's saying he's got to do his homework and stuff like that. She's probably sitting in a cryogenic chamber somewhere, <laughs> ice bathing. And what are they doing with him? Who knows? Is he just like? Is he just sat there with Warren Gatland? Just I don't know. Like, <laughs> like I'm imagining Warren Gatland like a you know how Bond villains stroke a cat. He's just got Sam Warburton. <laughs> he strokes on his, his open side flanker. Yeah, his six foot four open side flanker. <laughs> yeah. Spinning around on his chair. Maybe he just sit, sits with him on his lap and just reads stories to him by the fire. <laughs> the very naughty flanker by Neil Black. Back. <laughs> Leinster v Cardiff, then Leinster at home. Yeah, Leinster all yeah. the way. Uh, on to Saturday, Zebra Ulster. Also away. Munster, Ospreys. Munster. Munster at home. Yeah. Ospreys. You reckon? Yeah. You, even travelling across? Hit. Yep. Hear me now, believe me later. Mm. That's happening. Uh, and the Dragons against Treviso. Dragons. Yep. Dragons, yeah. You'd... 
You'd imagine they'll have enough. Now the real league. Let's find out what's going on there. <laughs> the Aviva Premiership matchups are as follows. There's no. Oh, there is a Friday night game. L- yeah. London Welsh v Gloucester. Gloucester. Yeah, Gloucester. They need to win something, don't they? Yeah, I think it it will be Gloucester. I think we all think that. But Mm -hmm. I don't think they'll win by anywhere near the margin that the other teams have beaten Welsh by. Who knows? Well, no, but Sale weren't good. Sale were Mm. not good and they still put 44 on them. And the the three of those tries were in the last five minutes. Gloucester will be looking at this game to even out their record. So one uh, lost 2-1-2. And I think they're going to have a lot of bruised egos, and they need you know they need to justify how much they're getting paid. London, London Welsh have conceded 150 points. That's impressive in three games. In three games, that's really impressive. I just and they've got Tim Molinar and possibly Stegman mm. out injured. I don't Molinar. know. Molinar, oh, Christ. Yeah, that's. I think it's going okay. to get What are they going to do without Molinar? Gloucester, yeah, Gloucester comfortably then. Uh, Saturday, Leicester, London Irish. London Irish, the way they're playing, they could capitalise on Leicester's injuries. Hmm, that's an interesting one. Where, where is it? Narraway looked good coming into the team. His first start at number eight, he had a yeah, bit of a player. dimension. That is a beefy back back row. That Trevor Ain- Trevor Anus Narraway, who looked much bigger than he did uh, in his old Gloucester days, and uh, Blair Cowan. Mm, it's yeah. a pretty meaty. I, don't, I have no idea on this one. Are two Alangi and Allen out? We don't know. At the time of recording this podcast, we don't know. Yeah, but are two Alangi and Allen what they need? I mean, like I say, uh, yes. Well, no, 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 no. What a lot of teams need. No, 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 because they're missing all those front rowers. Yeah, true. You know, they're missing the second rowers. Let's let's concentrate on the things which are important, which is getting your pack right, and then you add your strike runners. Yeah, true. So even if they had those two, I think they'd have got smashed by Bath anyway. Well, Tim, you know a lot about London Irish. How, how do you reckon that their pack will go against Leicester? They've got Orlika and Pace back in their front row, which makes a massive difference to the London Irish from this season to the London Irish of last season. I think they make a huge difference. Effectively, even though two of the players were there last season, they hardly played. They've got basically a brand new front row this year. I'm going to put my neck on the line and say London Irish away at Leicester. That would be one hell of a result. I think it'll be. Very, I think it'll be close. You pick one. I think it'll be close. I I just edge Leicester because they're at home. I think Leicester will win, but I'd be tempted to put some money on London Irish because there will be quite long odds. I think there'll be there would have been longer odds before Saturday. Yes, but I, th- I think there'll still be long odds. Um, I think you'll get some good value there. Saracens against Sale. Saracens Sarah. at home. Oh. They're not. They're not playing as well as they have done. No, they, but they'll... they will assimilate uh, Sale. It won't be a problem. Yeah, yeah, they'll do m- enough to get over the line. Yeah, oh, they will. They will definitely. Exeter Harlequins. This would be a good game as Exeter. well. Exeter. Oh Ex- my god, Exeter this is such home. a hard week to pick. Quins. Uh, I'm going to say Quins. Exeter at home. Their, their teamwork will, will outdo Quins, and I think their pack will, will beat the Quins, I think, Quins pack as well. I think Quins are going to start going backwards quickly. They've got a fit squad and they're struggling. One or two injuries, they're going to really struggle. Uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of chatter around Danny Cipriani. Will it be Wasps or will it be Quins? It will either be replacing Andy Goode or Nick Evans. Nick Evans, really? Well, I doubt Next very season. much Andy Goode's going anywhere. Um, <laughs> Nick Evans might, though. Well, Nick, didn't Nick Evans sign like a three year deal just last season? It was very recently that he signed a long term deal. Andy Goode will last longer than Nick Evans. Just more talented. <laughs> uh, and uh, this one's pos- possibly a bit easier to call Wasps Newcastle. Wasps, 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 all the way. Wasps, wasps, wasps. How on, right. we've, we've not done. Gone. Yeah. Back to Pick of the weekend at Franklin's Gardens, 315 kickoff, Northampton Saints against Bath. Oh my god. <laughs> the meatiest of packs, the deadliest of back lines. Both both belong to Bath, by the way. Well, it's the power of the Northampton's back line. Yeah. Burrell and PC. Burrell, PC, and PC, North. PC, North. So let's break it down against the Let's go through the two lineups. Yeah. Like again, we don't know exactly what the fifteens will be, and pick between the players and then we'll see how that pans out okay. so, if, so Corbusiero if, versus uh, Paul James Corbusiero hell no what uh, sorry <laughs> at what sport because <laughs> it's Corbs. not scrimmaging I'm going to vote for I go Corbs I'm, no chance I'm going to go for Paul James on his form ok so Paul James gets in this one Hooker uh, Webber Webber or oh, Hartley Hartley I'd say Hartley, Hartley yeah. I'd say Hartley Although I would have said Webber but yeah, that's it's, fine. A tough one. it's a tough one I'd flip a coin on that Webber looked look great in New Zealand and he's Webs. looked great this season so far uh, but fine uh, Hartley in um, tight head prop Wilson, so Wilson versus Ma Afu Wilson yeah I would have Wilson his scrimmaging has been awesome uh, second row then so you've got so, you've got Laws and Christian Day, Day has been playing there and you've got Atwood and Hooper now they do 
different jobs. I think that's the problem here. Like, so laws oh. will be in that. No, sh- no. argue, argue, like Atwood and Atwood and laws. Surely, Atwood laws definitely. You think, very, I would go with those two. But the, Six. Tom Wood, or will he be fit? And is he playing he seven? He didn't play today. Well, yeah, it's, it's they have Tom Wood and uh, Callum Clark both playing like six and seven, and they're both a bit of both. Yeah. Well, I would I would pick uh, Tom Wood ahead of Guy Mercer. So I'll, yes, go, yes, I'll, I would. I'll go Wood open side. And Ferns or Callum Clark? Ferns at six. Ferns for me. Ferns, yeah. Number eight, Manoa or Houston? I'll go Manoa. I'd go Manoa. Yeah, again, they fit into the individual teams quite well. It's hard to pick pick them against each other. So there's four Bath players and four Northampton players in, in the, the pack. pack. Yeah. Wow. Scrum off. Chris Cook, who he's been he a great stringer. Well, great Cook player. looked really great good. Player. Yeah, but Stringer is Stringer is the more is but nah. more photo, photo Lee would be anyone Photo yeah, Lee is the best Dix, of all I, I'd have gone for Dixon or Photo Lee whoever yeah. Northampton so, yeah, those we'll Northampton go, backups by the way are dynamite we'll go, to, we'll go for Photo Lee uh, for the time being 10 there's, there's no debate is there even if Stephen Myler was fit so we're George going Gavin Henson sorry <laughs> Henson for me <laughs> George Ford has been George the Ford. player of the season so far I'll put a little star next to his name as I'm writing it down yeah Definitely. Oh, you put four, you put five stars there. We've and a t- please, please. This this awesome internationals are all about finding out if George Ford's got it. He looks yes. to have it. Yes. Come, Stuart, do do the job. Do it. Do so it. It, inside centre got to be Eastman, right? Inside centre or Burrell. Big Luth. It's England. Eastman for me. Depends what you want, doesn't it? Again. Who would the thirteen be? Jonathan Joseph is injured. We probably do you want to run around or through? Well, Joseph or PC. It depends if you go for skill and guile. Or power. I'd probably go for it if I was picking Big Luth and Jonathan Joseph, but I think Jonathan Joseph will be injured looking at the way he limped off. Mm-hmm. Aceman for me. Aceman Big, Big Luth's hands are his biggest weakness. Aceman's like a second distributor as well, and his feet are so quick. Um, Come on, Phil. I'd probably go for Eastman and um, PC. George PC to have the little and large. Yeah, I'd quite Should like... we just say it's a stalemate in it's the centre? Yeah. One each. Don't we, really we care. We say one bath, one north. Okay, so... Banahan versus North. That's where you go, boys. Yeah. George right. North. Jo- Big George sure? in. And, right. uh, and Rocco's. Rocco and Goonies on the other side. Rocco. Fullback. Uh, oh, who was fullback? Well, R. Scott. Foden, Foden, Foden today. Watson. Oh, Wilson has been playing superb for Oh, Wilson. Oh, Watson's another injured player we didn't mention earlier. Yeah, Anthony Watson, yeah. Northampton on uh, this. I'd go Northampton. I'd go Ben Foden. Foden. Four Northampton, three bath. Four Northampton, three bath. In the back line. In the back line. But, so but Anthony Watson isn't wasn't in the reckoning with that one. Yeah, and he could have gotten up fullback potentially. So it's eight to seven across the team. Oh, this is some game. It's going to. Be... <laughs> I'm going to go with Franklin's Gardens being the 16th man and giving. Oh, uh, what do I do? What do I do? I'm going to go with Bath. I think they are Im- looking imperious. They're looking absolutely superb. I think last season, if it wasn't for a couple of injuries, they could have won the league last season. Um, yeah, I think I, I'm going to say Bath. Bath, who are also my pick to win to win the whole thing at the start of the season, if wow. you if you've got the record said. Bring it on. Well there we go. Um, and and there's rugby championship this weekend. Oh god, yeah, I love it. This is just <laughs> rugby I can't take this much rugby. <laughs> Spread it out. How about weekday matches for like the championship? So we can watch a championship after work and then save the good yes. stuff up. Well yes. the rugby championship is now they're playing the games in South Africa and Argentina, so we've got a late afternoon kickoff, South Africa. Oh, uh, and, and a back from the pub kickoff. And a nighttime, eleven p.m. So we don't just have to watch match of the day. We can stay up. We can stay up and watch Argentina, proper rugby. New Zealand. Oh, and here's me thinking you meant the rugby championship, as in the Green King IPA championship. The, I, the IPA championship. <laughs> no, we mean, oh, the, no, we mean the worst name competition in the world, the, the Quad Nations or whatever we. Think. Yeah, Southern Hemisphere International Tournament. Yeah, uh, <laughs> an annual tournament. <laughs> uh, South Africa, Australia. I'll go South Africa at home. Uh, yes, I think so. I hope they, they can get some uh, some kind of game plan together because it's not been looking great for them recently. No, Sappers for me. And I don't think uh, Argentina will stop the steamroller of New Zealand roll, mm. wagons rolling even though they're at home. No, but the, the following week's game when they, play Argent- uh, when they play Australia at home, they could be on course to record their first victory in the Rugby Championship. I hope so. Good luck, boys. Uh, well, that's it from us. We'll see you next time on the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you hit that little subscribe button, if you're on iTunes, then we'll make sure the next one comes straight to you. And in the meantime, if you if you could take a couple of minutes of your time to leave us a little rating and a bit of feedback to help us make the podcast more how you want it or less help how you want it. Help us make more money, please. 
Well, it's not, it's, <laughs> we, I knew that was annoying. We, <laughs> we don't make a penny. That's the point. What? We've got everyone no, you call from this, from this podcast. We've got no way. We've got absolutely no Look way. Look at this Rolex. This isn't free. <laughs> we've got no, Amy. We've got no way of telling of of, uh, of spreading the word of the brilliant podcast that we have uh, without. <laughs> word of mouth and one of the ways we can do that is by getting it further up the iTunes chart and just by taking a second to hit the rating leave a little comment it does that so uh, really really appreciate it uh, thank you very much for listening we'll see you again nice one JB bye 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 bye, no, no, bye uh, Tim sorry and uh, Phil cheers Tim and nice one Podder Pedder for, uh, for joining <laughs> us great watching skills thanks guys good watching skills I'm, thanks for not having a dig at my weedy arms this time <laughs> appreciate it in a bit bye bye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.